0: Another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network.
1: Take my love, take my land, take me where I cannot stand. I don't care,
0: I'm still free, you can't take the sky from me. Take me out to the black, tell them I ain't coming back. Burn the land and boil the sea, you can't take the sky from me. Welcome to the Geeks Pub. I'm Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. Hello, David.
1: Hello. Hello. It's early.
0: It is early. It is uh, a great time to be a geek and enjoying geek culture, though. Oh yeah. Gotta tell you. Yeah. I've been uh, I've been playing. I'm still playing video games. You know, yep. i I always ha- I always talk about video games, but I don't play them a whole lot. But I'm still playing that uh, Phoenix Rising game.
1: I've heard it's very good.
0: It's uh, it's a Zelda clone, don't get me yeah. wrong, but I really, really enjoy it. It's just, the graphics aren't the greatest, but you don't care. I mean, it's a little bit cartoony, but that's fine. It fits with what it's trying to do. But they had this downloadable content, and I just thought, you know, maybe it expands on the story and your character's in a different setting or something like that. And uh, But I've been playing the main storyline, so yesterday I decided to fire up You know one of these things that i downloaded for it yeah and no it's like a whole different game different map different characters um they're reusing a lot of the stuff they just call it something different but it's the same stuff as the other game
1: yeah
0: um and you level up almost immediately because they figure well you've played the one you probably leveled up your character that takes a long time to get to so they basically within the first half hour they give you pretty much everything you've gotten the other one you're just not as powerful you don't have as much health and stamina but boom you're right there so they yeah. just they make it in just enjoyable as quickly as possible that you don't have to grind through to get the stuff that you got in the main part but i gotta be honest with you i'm really a, it's ubisoft who did it but i'm really impressed with the game i hope that it's not one of those that kind of slips through and nobody plays but i like it a lot it's a lot cool. of fun
1: so, I've, I've returned to uh, the final Batman in the uh, Batman series, Batman Arkham Knight. Yeah. Which I never finished. Uh, I only played about the first hour. And you're playing on the Xbox Series S? No. No, on I'm Switch. playing it. I'm, you know, well, you can't get it on the Switch mm. because it's far too much for the Switch, even for a game that's like seven years old now. No, but I'm playing it handheld. I'm playing it on the Steam Deck. Oh, the Steam Deck. So, you yeah. ordered one early. I ordered one within a couple of minutes of it going live, wow. which means that I've been fortunate enough to get. I think it was the second week they sent them out, mm. and they sent mine. So, how much was uh, it, and which one uh, did you get? It's, it's, I t- I got the base one. It's it's crazy value for what you get. Um, I I've paid three hundred fifty pounds, which is four hundred dollars, um, and this thing is like a is like a tiny but powerful. Well, I say tiny. It's bigger than the Switch it's kind of comically large but nevertheless it's a handheld pc with a modern gpu in it um and um it's 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 a really really good device does um, it
0: feel like it's compromised in any way with the screen or the graphic power or the controls
1: uh no i'd, the, I'd i would say the only compromise is the battery life because obviously it's doing a lot um so uh the battery you if you if you optimize like Arkham might have optimized the game, I'm getting about four hours out of the battery with uh, with that. If you don't optimize the games and run them at full full resolution for the Steam Deck, which is 800p, so it's yet. 1280 by 800 but it's only on a seven inch screen so it it looks really good um if you leave it at that and you go for the full frame rates then you you know some games depending on how well optimized they are you might only get two and a half hours out of it so the the battery is where it's compromised but you know what it's it's to to be honest with you i've played 3d games on the switch and got not much better than four hours so uh, that that's kind of par for the course you can always plug a power bank in if that if you're on a long long trip um, the only other compromises really are the fact is they've tried very hard and, and been mostly successful to make a device that's a PC but runs like a console. Yes. So it's using, this, um, it's, it's using Steam uh, and it's using this uh, compatibility layer they've built into Steam and they've been going through testing all their games, trying to make them work properly with this thing. Not all of them do. Uh, Batman, for instance, is a game that actually they've marked as untested at the moment. And so they've said it might be unplayable. It's perfectly fine, um, but there are other games I have in my Steam collection that, that I just can't get working. Um, and like, and and because it's running on Linux underneath, you'll see a lot of people online going, "Oh, you can run uh, retro retro emulators on it, and you can run games from good old games and Epic and that sort of thing." And and like all things Linux. You can do those things, but you need to be kind some sort of arcane wizard to get it working properly. And nobody ever documents how they do it. They just show a video of saying, look what I did. Right. But they don't tell you how. Yeah. And then, and then when you ask questions, people go, Linux noob. So um, it's better to stick with the Steam experience for the moment well uh, you know, i, I mean, mean you can apparently, you can apparently run though you can apparently boot this thing into windows 10 and run um if you want to do those games arc- on the classic stuff there's so
0: many solutions for that
1: i mean why bother yeah well i i think i think ultimately to be honest over time as these things become more developed and uh, easier i mean just, valve is issuing updates every day so Everything is changing all the time because they they're clearly putting a lot of work into this, um, so things get better every day um, and by the same token the the methods to do these to do these sort of things will happen as well as time goes on and I think in, at at some point it will become the only console handheld console people might need because it will do everything because it's it's much more powerful than uh you know, an Android handset or one of these little Chinese consoles that uh, runs a, a mobile phone chipset. So you can emulate everything from the old stuff all the way up to the PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, which some people are going to want to do. You it's know. an interesting
0: and, device. Um, early reviews... Well, I don't even want to say early. The the week it came out, the reviews were amazing but not ready.
1: Yeah, I I kind of... I, I <laughs> I disagree with that a little bit because if you stick with the Steam stuff, it is ready. I mean, it's just seamless. It just works, hmm. you know, and that's kind of what you want. And it works just the same way as it does on the Switch. You get a list of games on the front um, from your Steam library and you click on the one you want and it l- plays and loads. And and that that's all that's involved. And you want a new game, you just go and install it from the Steam store. It appears on your list and then you play it. The only problem is, of course, is that not all games will work properly. Uh, and um, some things might need a little bit tweak but a lot of the things that the where Valve says oh it might not be perfect are really kind of minor it's like well the text might be a bit small you might have to use the tu- it has two touchpads on it so you sometimes you might have to use on the menu screen the touchpad to move a, a, mouse, a mouse cursor around rather than using the the controls like you would on a console um, a lot of these things are very, very minor. There are other games that just don't work properly at all. For instance, Elite Dangerous, which is one of my favourite space shooter games, um, just doesn't work properly on the thing at all. It just you, The game loads up, it loads up really slowly, and then when you start playing it, you get a really bad graphical glitches or things dropping out and stuff. Is that, so it's not, is that a not Steam game? It. It, it, it's available on Steam, but it's not been it's not been rated by valve as playable on the steam deck and uh clearly there's some work to be done to try and make that work the other big problem is that any game on any game on steam that uses um windows drm doesn't tend to work on the steam deck because their um compatibility layer doesn't really support these weird drm tricks that people use Uh, Mm. i don't understand to be honest why a game on steam which has authentication built in needs to have additional drm but there you go gaming industry well, so, mm, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I tell you, for the money, you will not get. Um, a, this is effectively a mid-range, mid-range gaming PC in handheld form. So yeah, so for that sort of money, you will not get a mid-range gaming PC that performs like this. No, even if it wasn't handheld. You think and they're the losing on? You think they're losing money on every I'm, sale? I'm sure they are. They must be. Or yeah, they or they're barely, they barely. If they're really good at, at um, manufacturing, they might be barely breaking, breaking even. even. Yeah, but they are not making profit on the hardware. They, you know, it's it's to drive Steam game sales. And you know what? It works for me. I've already there are some games I've gotten good old games that I want to play, um, and I've seen them on Steam and they are a, a really big discount and I've gone oh, well. I'll just buy the Steam version so I can play it. Um, so uh, and and obviously now every time I come to buy new games, I'll be looking at Steam rather than anywhere else so um if, if i want to play a game that I, that I want to play handheld so um you know that's it the the, the only thing i miss because i've got, obviously i've got a whole lot of games on my xbox game pass um and you can only play x uh, game pass using streaming on the steam deck at the moment the only thing i really miss is the fact that i can't move my um save progress from one system to another because otherwise, I would, uh, you know, I've been playing a game on Game Pass and I want to play it handheld to finish it, for instance, so I'm going away. I would happily buy the Steam version so I could do that, but I'd want to be, want my, my progress to, to move over, and obviously it doesn't do that at the minute.
0: So you've so. only got 64 gigs of, of um, storage space. No, internal in, storage. Yeah, you can plug in more.
1: Yeah, you plug a micro SD card in uh, and the way the the thing sets itself up is basically on the the 64 gig version anyway is that it uses the 64 gig for system level stuff uh, and game caching and things like that and then you actually saw the games on the SD card. So I've got 128 gig SD that I had lying around that I've plugged in the bottom. Um, I'm going to need to get a bigger one because these PC games are are often very large Um, but for the moment it's okay. Uh, and uh, and yeah, so the games run fine off there. You know, there's, it's, there's uh,
0: if you if you're listening to this and you want one, you have to go to um, steampowered.com. Yeah, create an account, or you can log in with your Steam account if you have one. Um, but it's looking like Q three of this year, so yeah. we're talking, you know, holiday.
1: Yeah, they are they are um, working very hard to ramp up production. Um, and they're working through their queue of pre-orders at the moment um, so they issue a new batch every week but yes if you order today you're looking towards the end of the year now there's a lot of a lot of talking um it, on the internet and everything that seem that valve are really working very hard to ramp up production and certainly by the end of this year there will be you know generally available everywhere uh, and able to be sent out quickly um you know it's a nice it's a nice buy it comes it, as i said it's a big device it's Quite a bit wider than the switch, um, you know, relatively heavy, but you know what? You kind of when you're playing, you don't really notice that. Comes with a very good carry case straight in the box, which uh, which is a nice touch. Um, yeah, I and hardware-wise, the build quality is fantastic. Um, I'm really really pleased with it, and I think it's a very very exciting device because to be able to uh, effectively boil down a full gaming PC into a handheld is 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 excellent, and I the Playing games on it, I, I tell you, I'm playing Arkham Knight, which you can't you can't get on the Switch. But I'd moved to that. I'd finished just finished Bioshock on the Switch, which is the remastered version, uh, and now I've gone to um, to Batman Arkham Knight, and it's it, it's excuse the pun, but night and day, the quality of the gameplay and the graphics on um, on this game is superb compared to anything I've ever played on the Switch. I just reserved one. The base yeah. model, the sixty-four. Yeah, that's that. That's all most people need, I think, unless you're, uh, you know, a lot of people are. And, and apparently, if you if you're unhappy with that sixty-four gig, um, the design is open. They won't invalidate your warranty for opening the back up. So you can open the back up and change the SSD if you want to, to a to a bigger one. That's um, nice. Yeah, uh, and um, you know, but as I say, I think for most people, just sliding an SD card in the bottom is all you need to do, and uh, and off you go. Well. We'll see. I'm looking forward to playing with it
0: months and months and months from now, which is <laughs> fine because honestly, I, you know, I've got a uh, a lot of video game stuff here that I never touch. Yeah. You know, I've got the I've been playing on the PS5 because uh, that's why I bought this Phoenix Rising game. And that's only because Cole is constantly on the Xbox 1, which means I can't play my Xbox Series X because he's yeah. on my account. Right. I could create a new account, but then he can't play all the games, and he doesn't have all the saves and all that stuff. So that's okay. Um, You know, this this game obviously doesn't need the power of a PS5, but hey, at least I'm playing on it, right? Yeah. Um, Let's uh, switch gears, get off video games for a little bit. Um, The music at the beginning of the show, which we usually talk about as soon as we come in... Uh, but we didn't this week because, well, I, I added it in, in post. <laughs> uh, was music, and, and if you're listening to this show, you know the music. Um, from one of my favorite shows of all time, it was tragically cut short. It was Firefly. Um, the song is called The Ballad of Serenity. Uh, you know, I know you watched Firefly, David. Yeah. The Western cowboy type of space opera that that show was really kind of going for and they wrapped up the series in the movie um that song was kind of perfect for that show yeah you know it was very westernish um it, it i like the music i mean that's it music is important for the beginning of a show if it's if it's a crappy piece of music you know that kind of you lose interest quickly, I think, yeah, but that was just it was perfect for the for the opening montage, if you will uh and I mm-hmm. always liked that song. I thought it was a great song Did
1: yeah well yeah it's like you say definitely uh, they definitely work very hard the aesthetics and um the look of of something is very important, and the sound kind of is part of that same design because yeah. as humans, obviously we experience the world with sight and sound at the same same time. Um, and uh, the fact that you can hear you can hear a piece of music Im- immediately evokes memories is is very important. Um, so uh, they really they really kind of nailed it on that show. So one of the things I think that um, Joss Whedon's always been very good at is is kind of world building his shows and and kind of integrating everything into them. So uh, and so that's been pretty good.
0: That, that, I, I think we probably need to dedicate one of our episodes to firefly really get into it but not this episode because we've got a lot of stuff to talk about um let's start right at the top david you finally saw spider-man no way home uh i've been dying for you to see this movie so we can talk about it i would imagine every single person listening to this show has seen the movie by now so of course we're gonna have spoilers but yeah who everyone it, it, this movie broke all kinds of records i think it's like number three right now in all time highest grossing movies or
1: something like that uh, and that was that was still during the pandemic yes. so uh had the pandemic not been on i think this this movie probably would have been the number <clears> one grossing of all time because this is well i i, I mean i knew i obviously i'd heard the buzz before i watched it so sure. i knew it was good, knew it was good but having sat and watched it, and, and I, I, I knew the broad outlines of the plot, um, but, but fortunately for me, it had been long enough since it came out that I'd actually forgotten a lot of the n- nuance detail, which meant that some of the surprises that come in kind of hit a little bit better with me. Yeah, um, This is is almost the perfect comic book movie um it's, I would agree. it's not quite as I, I think probably maybe in um funnily enough we had the same themes um into the multiverse the cartoon one spider-man movie was was probably better but that's, I think, that's partly because I, of some I, of the things. I would some say of the no, you,
0: because it doesn't have the emotion that this one does.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, well, yeah. I mean, this this one was building off nostalgia that uh, Into the Spider Verse didn't have, right? Unless unless you were really, really deep. Into no, the not Comet. just
0: not just nostalgia, but the fact that Marissa Tomei, who plays a uh, probably the best Aunt May of of any of them, yeah. dies in this movie in yeah. in Peter's hands, in yeah. his arms you totally get, you totally believe it. There's no, yeah. there's no, oh, that's good act. No, he, she dies and yeah. he feels every single bit of that and he's so angry and bitter and he takes that through the final third of the movie and the third act what's, and, what's and then it takes the yeah. original Spider-Man to kind of snap him out because
1: he wants to kill uh, the Green Goblin. Green Goblin. Well, what's interesting about it is that, um, is that really... They, what they've done with this movie, because they started with the Spider-Man uh, MCU version that, that was really quite different from anything that had been done yep. before. You know, you don't get to see his origin story. You don't. Uh, you know, but uh, we don't need to. That's that's no, the well, thing they, I love and, that they recognised. Yeah, that was that was the point. Is that is that um, they wanted to do something fresh and original, and by basically. Uh, d- saying we don't need to establish anything about spider-man because everybody already knows through two sets of movies and the comics um and then also saying and let's let's twist everything let's really make him young let's cast an actor who can play him as young as he really is let's make him the real kind of you know the goofball Um, and put him in a broader universe which plays to spider-man's strengths exactly and and so they've done all of that and yet and, and they've run through what what we now realize is effectively a trilogy yes uh and then what they've done is they've without making it seem forced they've actually returned him to um what spider-man is at the end of his origin story Yes. which is you know he's a spider-man who's uh, really quite unsure of himself has suffered this very very painful loss he's learned something from that loss um you know um whereas before he he was kind of he was giving it all on the plate you know tony stark was giving him great suits and all of this sort of things and he was really allowed to make mistakes yeah he's uh, seen the heights
0: and the the depths that you can go yeah. to a spider-man yeah but you know you were always the one to complain that you know you got to stop going to the past move forward been there done that nostalgia sucks um this
1: movie proved that you can do it and you can do it correctly. Oh, absolutely. And I mean it, I mean it was so it's so deft. Yeah. Because you know, I I've been yeah, as I've been saying for a long time as well. You've I'm been jaded really,
0: on the nostalgia factor on a lot uh, well, of the not, Star not, Wars. Not just
1: or, that, I'm also worried about this whole multiverse thing, yeah. saying, you know, it's really hard to do it well. Yes. This is this is just they they made it look easy. It was a, it was very, very cleverly done. Because this is this could have been an incredibly complicated, belaboured plot, yep. and and it wasn't. Nope. It was just so deftly done, um, and and it was really, really impressive. And the real, you know, it, it really allowed you to get surprises. The the introduction of the other Spider Men was amazing. Was, was very cleverly because it, it complete. Even if you know it's coming, it completely catches you. Yes. Yeah. Um,
0: the first one they bring in Andrew Garfield. Yeah. And he kind of waves at him like hey and walks through <laughs> and then he's well you, yeah she's throwing bread at him right and he's like he's i have a tingle yeah. but you stopped <laughs> and just the look on his face like stop it and then he sticks to the ceiling with just one hand yeah and then the, the kid's grandma's like, could you get this, the, cobwebs the cobwebs while web? you're up there and he's like sure yeah. um andrew garfield played a great spider-man in two really bad movies. That's Which right. was always kind of a bummer. And they address that. They address yeah. the insecurities that he as an actor had because of his time. In sp- because, yeah. let's be honest, he was cut short at playing Spider-Man and he's always regretted. Of all of the actors that played Spider-Man, he was actually the biggest fan of Spider-Man. He was not
1: a huge th- Spider-Man guy. Yeah. And, not, and not to diss... Toby Maguire or Tom Holland, but you know this guy is is literally Oscar-winning material. Yes. I mean he is he is a fantastic actor, and he yeah he never got closure. And this movie effectively is like the third Amazing Spider-Man movie, the final act of it. For when, him, when he catches
0: this MJ's, yeah, you know where he he didn't with Gwen Stacy, she dies yeah. because he misses yeah. that move. The way that they kind of bring these other Spider-Men. And give them a little bit of a closure. Um, I thought they did really well with Toby Maguire. Uh, he yeah. he was the one that I was most worried about because it's been yeah. a long time since he played Spider-Man.
1: Yeah. Um, he I, 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 I was so impressed that not only all of these people who've been in these other movies agreed to come back. All of them. Even the, the villains. No, yeah, no. Well, exactly. But none of them phoned it in. They no. all committed yep. absolutely, and not they all delivered performances that it looked like they they just walked off the set of their previous movie two months ago. Yes. I mean they just absolutely nailed. The, everything about their previous performances, again, even the guy in the CGI lizard suit, you know, yeah. uh, um, uh, Reece Fans, who's a British actor, yeah, he, uh, you know, the, even though he, he he was the one who was who was given the most uh, the the least time, which I think was the right decision because yeah. he's the least interesting character, yeah, yeah, just brought just brought his A game in the performance. Um, And, you know, really made you feel like these people have been plucked out of their universes into this one. I mean, it was a really hard thing to pull off. And they totally nailed it. Yeah. Um, There's
0: nothing about this movie that makes me go, oh, I wish I had done this. They hit, (sighs) to me, the best parts of this movie are the quiet moments. When the three Peter Parkers are working together to science this shit up. You well, know. even
1: even the uh, even the villains when they're in their cells talking, talking to each other, yes. yeah, you know, it was they're all sw- comparing notes about about how they dealt with Spider-Man and all this sort of thing, it, and they're figuring out what situation they're in is 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 uh, really really brilliant. And you and you believe
0: the motivations behind each. Jamie Fox, his, his electro was terrible; it was just yeah. terrible, and the way he got his powers were terrible. And yet yep. they address that where, you know, the, uh, one Spider-Man tells the other, well, you know, he was, um, you know, he fell into a vat of electric eels. And the other guy's like, yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'll and,
1: do and, it. And, and at some point, one of the villains goes, you know, we've got to stop falling into things. When they realize they've all fallen into things yes. that given them their powers. Yeah. Yeah. And I like I, the concept
0: I, I, of they're plucked right before they die. Yeah. Or thereabouts. And that this Spider-Man, and by extension the other Spider-Man, can "quote unquote" save them, which of yeah. course raises tons of possibilities. That okay, does that invalidate the the old movies that this character comes back in those universes and is isn't killed? Um, re, they're reformed. You know, you got to wonder about stuff like that. But thankfully, they leave that on the table or well, off the yeah, table. They it's, don't. It's, they don't. Yeah. There's some plot holes, but. You yeah. don't care because it's so good.
1: Because you know? because it's magic. You know? It is. I mean, that, that's the whole point. It's magic. So you don't need to explain it. You don't need to explain what happened. Alfred and, and Molina the, and the point is as well so good is, in this. Yeah. It, the it, point as well is that Doctor Strange throughout this is saying, look, you really should, we shouldn't have been doing this. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think the only weak point for me, and this was a weak point that I found, and I think I mentioned a few weeks ago, in the original Doctor Strange movie, is that he goes from being, you know, the bumbling idiot to what's effectively the Sorcerer Supreme, even though in this movie they say he's not, you know and uh, by the way, Wong way to vacate vacate your responsibility what happened to with great power comes great responsibility you. I don't want anything to do with this and leave. Exactly Uh, and then then the second thing is is that, you know, they've set Doctor Strange up as this um, as this Sorcerer Supreme and yet he keeps making these terrible, terrible mistakes
0: Um, Uh, But he's an asshole
1: Yeah you know Hurricane. they they
0: try yeah. to they try to reform his look if you watch the first doctor strange movie as a surgeon before his accident he's a dickhead yeah he gets you want to say he gets humble and then he becomes but he never does yeah he gets hungry for more knowledge he's like you've got to teach me this holy crap but um, the problem
1: is ev- everyone in the Doctor Strange kind of milieu treats him like he's the reformed character when in fact in this movie he's not he does something really dumb. Yeah. You know? He says, "We sh- definitely sh can't do that. We shouldn't do that. Oh, by the way, here's a way of just sort of, of of doing it. Let's give it a go." You know? He, he uh, plays and, and, and the, the, the character is, well,
0: but he's not a likable character. Are no, we supposed to like Doctor Strange?
1: Yeah, I, I because I, he's I, not likable in any movie. No, and and obviously part of his thing is he behaves. He still behaves like a dick, you know. He, he'll sling you through a pole any time he wants to, and uh, and he's constantly surprised when things don't work the way he expects them to, and you you do wonder when he's going to get that growth, and maybe in the next movie, but. Um, in this one, I, I felt that, you know, Spider Man kind of shouldered all the blame for what went wrong. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it really uh, was. Dr. Strange his fault. walks away and goes, oh, well, she, she happens. Well, he didn't
0: really do that. I mean, he, no, he tries but, to no, correct he, it, but he tries, he tries to do it in a way that's sentencing I'm, these people to die. And he I'm shows not, yeah. no morality at all. He's no, like, well, uh, if that's their fate, that's their fate. It's like, Jesus, exactly. dude.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's like a. Tom, uh, you know, Spider-Man has to shoulder all the consequences of those actions and, uh, you know, Doctor Strange goes back to the Sanctum Sectorum and as far as he's concerned at this point in the movie and in this point in the trilogy, it's all fixed. Now, presumably, we're going to find the next movie that he's not fixed it the way he thought he did. Correct. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, he's he's in a, a difficult place at the moment and it, and it does slightly come across as, as like you know, he blame the kid for everything. Uh, the kids get the gets the punishments.
0: let's talk no. about the villains in this movie and more specifically uh william defoe and alfred molina now yeah. to bring El- to bring doc ock back first he's the first one that spider-man has to deal with and it's the evil one it's the one that you know the red light is on and yeah. it's not the nice guy dr ock because for those who don't remember in spider-man 2 when they introduced this character He's a super nice guy. Peter yeah. really admires him. And it's a problem with the the neurotechnology, the chip on his neck, yeah. that makes these arms basically control him.
1: Yeah, or at the, the, least the,
0: makes voices in his head and...
1: Well, they're, it's their AI, and yeah. um, and so the idea is is the AI does not have the human moral- morality that uh, that um, a real person does, and so complete lack of empathy, and consequently, a psychopath.
0: But he comes back at the end of that movie to destroy the power of the sun thing, and you know, he crushes it and he falls into the water and dies. Um, which was the problem with the first two tril- Well, the second one was a trilogy, but you know, the first two yeah. Spider-Man movie. What do you call it? Movies. Um, Groups? Um, Yes. Okay. All the villains die in every one of the movies. That was always a problem. It's like, well, this guy played a great character, but how do you bring him back? Well, this movie showed a way that you could bring him back, and it's still that character. William Dafoe is the big bad. Green Goblin is the big bad on this movie. And yeah. I always thought he kind of hammed it up a little bit. The mask was awful in the first Spider-Man movie, the Green Goblin mask. It was just <laughs> yeah. terrible. And Which, I'm glad they smashed it in this one. Exactly. Like, they they addressed that. It.
1: They they basically go, you know, yeah, let's get rid of that. Yep. Uh,
0: <laughs> so. And I don't think many people have focused on the CGI that they did on Alfred Molina and William Dafoe.
1: Well, the the, the it reason it is
0: uncanny yeah. how perfect. You don't even realize that they yeah. de-age more so William Dafoe, um, yeah. because he is looking rough in person. You see him in some of the recent movies. You're like, there's no way he can play the guy he did, you know, 25 years ago, and he does. And they and the 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 technology that they use to de-age him is flawless. You never it it never sticks out. It's done Which, in a way that makes yeah. the the spider or the uh, the Star Wars stuff with with Luke Skywalker looks just pathetic. If uh, Marvel can yeah. do this, why yeah. does it take so? I I don't get it. I mean, it was. I can perfect. only presume
1: it's. I can only presume it's. It's a. It's got to be budget, time and, time, and budget. Yeah. Um. I think. I think they had much more time and money to spend on it. And and yeah, you're absolutely right. If you if I would imagine a good proportion of the people who watch these movies had no idea it was even there. They just assumed that that's what those guys look like nowadays. Because let's face it, um, uh, Willem Dafoe less so, but certainly Alfred Molina. He's not. He's not an A-lister. No. So he's not somebody you not might necessarily uh, see regularly and realize. But you know, the, um, Spider-Man Two was what seventeen years ago.
0: Yeah, something like yeah. that.
1: So you know, obviously, he's
0: two decades.
1: Yeah, he can't look like that anymore. Yeah, no. and yet, yet you, it was, ju- it was just seamless, and not just for the long shots and the action shots. I mean, the there close-ups. are long, there are long character close-ups where Talking he's de- and, interacting. Yeah, with the rest looking of the
0: cast. and yeah, yeah, it's 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 done in a way that it's kind of scary to be honest. It's like wow, if they can really do this, could we get a John Wayne and a young you know whoever in an actual yeah. movie? I think I think 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 we're
1: only a few years away from that. Uh,
0: I mean and then the ethics pop up. Well wait a minute, you know uh, you're appropriating this actor's performances and he's dead. So how ethical is that? I don't know. And I'm not gonna try to answer those questions. It that's like someone doing a tech fan twenty years from now and they sound just like us. Yeah. Or Geek's Pub, you know, well, it sounds just like David at Cohen and Tim Robertson, but it's not. And is this the opinions that they would
1: have had? Is this the things they actually yeah, would have I, said? I think it's probably about 40 years in the future, because I think it the, the technology would have to come down to the cost of your yeah, cup of coffee before anybody would bother trying to recreate these performances. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, but the point is, you know, where do you draw the line on bringing back it's one thing to take an act the same actor and de-age him, um, and obviously they didn't do a lot of the body work and stuff like that. they well,
1: uh, all of that. That that's the other thing is all of that now is is mostly CGI. Yes, uh, and um, I think there was only one shot I saw in the movie where I thought, oh, CGI is not good there, which was when the three the Spider-Man two, are leaping at him. When the no, when the um, when he's when he's on top of the the roof and they in, they introduced tom holland to the other two spider-men i thought when toby maguire and his street Mufti jumps down off the top of the statue i thought that's that that didn't look didn't look good yeah. you know i thought but, the um, scene
0: where they the three fights so they're flying through the air at the bad guys i thought that was yeah. a little yeah it's okay um but all in all i seriously i give this movie an a plus this is and I think you hit it right on the head right at the beginning when we started talking about this subject, is that it is almost a perfect comic book movie. This is the kind yeah. of story that they tell in comic books that are very complex, but in some respects it's easier to do um, and way harder in live action, and they just nailed it. They, it's so good.
1: And, and I think the strength of... Um, There's the, the several strengths of the Marvel kind of machine here, that pull this off you couldn't pull this off without having doctor strange in it correct and you couldn't pull it off without the audience being familiar with doctor strange in his background without having to introduce it right and so the fact that they're able to pull characters from across the universe to, to do that um you know and and it's all a continuing story in the same universe with the the characters who've interacted with each other let's face it um we, you know, there's a line in here where where Strange effectively does, says, "Well, the reason I've done this is because you know this poor boy's been through so much already." Yes. You know, um, and you understand so, that because,
0: and look, this let's go back a little bit. We act like these two Spider Men that come are the veteran Spider Mans, except Tom Holland has played the character way more than either of these two guys have, yeah. Yeah. and in way bigger movies, and he was effectively an Avenger. You know, he fought Thanos on a, on a different planet. These two Spider Men are way more grounded than that. Yeah, you know, and I love the line. I don't want to brag, but I was in the Avengers, and they're like, "Yeah, wow, is that? Are yeah. you in a band? You know, I love this. They don't have <laughs> yeah. anything. That like That sounds the great. Avengers. What are the Avengers? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, that's my funniest. It, it's whatever. It doesn't uh, matter. I just, just, just an aside. I have to say the. I mean, I, I already complimented everybody for bringing their A game to this movie, but the chemistry between those three—just oh, off brilliant charts. It was you can tell they had a great time making this movie. Let alone because it comes through in the performances. Yeah, you know, um, you know what you this also
0: un- does. I don't know if a lot of people have talked about. Well, I do know some people have, but it effectively means that you can make another Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie. That is completely independent of the MCU Spider-Man. Yeah. Without pretending that the other one doesn't exist, that that it yeah. exists in a vacuum. Because now, we've seen them together. We understand the whole concept of a multiverse. So now, Sony can go ahead and make their own Spider-Man movie and still let Marvel play with theirs.
1: Which I think um, now, it's not clear that obviously we've got the end cred- end credit sequence with Venom. Yeah. Um, it's not, and he talks about going to see Spider Man. It's not clear which universe Eddie Brock lives in, <laughs> so he could be in the Garfield universe. He could, hundred percent, and I think and he we probably could have is. Venom versus versus the Garfield Spider Man. I don't think we're awesome. going to
0: get an, uh, a a Tobey Maguire Spider Man movie. I think he's he's beyond he's, that.
1: Well, he's a little bit older now. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I mean, and he plays the older Spider Man. Although, let's one. be
0: honest, if they end up somehow going back to the same universe, they go to the. I don't know which one do you go to i think you have to go to the andrew garfield one um but then that kind of short changes but you could have now it's a, a, they end up in the wrong universe and they work together as two spider-men they had awesome chemistry together yeah um but i i actually would not have a problem with an andrew garfield spider-man 3 amazing spider-man 3 movie now with him versus Venom. Well, it could be him and Venom, yeah. That would be pretty good.
1: Or, or, In fact, more likely what will happen is that Venom 3 will have Andrew Garfield in it.
0: Yeah, that's probably yeah. more apt.
1: Yeah. Um, but
0: and, what's the bigger know, draw, and, Venom or Spider-Man? I would say well, Spider-Man. Well, yeah, but,
1: but Venom is the is the franchise that Sony are concentrating on. At yes. I, so I, I, I suspect that's the route they would go. Uh, but, of course, you know, we have an opportunity <laughs> for some reason magic uh, a little bit of Venom gets left behind in Tom Holland's universe so we've got an opportunity for that there as well
0: well basically this movie sets up that if if Marvel proper Marvel wants to use some of these characters like Venom and Spider-Man they can do it and they don't have to worry about well we can't because of what Sony's doing Yeah, I, I think it's a from a business perspective it's brilliant because yep. now they can keep Tobey Maguire's spider uh Um, Tom Holland's Spider-Man, and Sony gets to play with... And and look, uh, let's be honest, Marvel completely made Andrew Garfield viable as Spider-Man again.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: They completely
1: fixed all the problems that we had with that but not only that, by putting him next to Tom Holland, you you basically see, you know, he's, uh, he, as you said, he's a good Spider-Man who was yes. in some bad movies. Absolutely. It's not that he was a bad, I I you know what, I had a lot of time for Andrew Garfield's movies. I really liked his take on the character. I did too. I, lo- I like the things they did in the movies. Um, you know, yeah, they made some bad choices and and that the end results weren't were nowhere near as good as they could have been but I enjoyed those movies I didn't think they were terrible
0: but there was our pre MCU too
1: yeah so of course, yeah
0: now Sony kind of understands they can get some of the writers that really do get the characters instead of the hacks that they had before. Yeah, to make and, and, a good Spider-Man Venom well,
1: movie. or not only that, they've established the ties with Marvel, so they can work with Marvel on this, mm-hmm. you know, and get Marvel's input. I, I'm sure the contractual pitch, because obviously to be able to use um, Tobey Maguire's and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man's, they, had to, they must have had to sign additional licensing deals with Sony. So I'm sure the pitch was... We're gonna. We want to do a multiverse movie. We want all of these characters to come back. Yeah, but the thing is, we set up a multiverse, so now you can go and do your own thing and not worry about um, yep. upsetting the MCU. Yep. And and I, I I'm sure Sony Sony just must have just seen dollar signs, you know. So uh, I, and if we yeah. can
0: get multiple Spider Men that is as good as this, let's be honest, they probably won't be. But they'll be good. Let's assume.
1: I'm fine with that. I, well, I'm, yeah, I, I think I, after I'm, I'm two, down. yeah, I think after two Venom movies, we now do want to see Venom versus Spider Man, and they've I now. Could care got
0: less. To I, I anyway. still think the Venom movies are pretty stupid. I think they're pretty I, lame.
1: I, I, they well, they are, but you know what? It, it, what? Again, talk about a movie carried by performance. Uh, I just yes, I just but they
0: feel like a Sony Spider Man type of movie. They don't they do. feel like an
1: MCU yeah. movie at all. I don't have a problem with that though. I, uh, I I I I enjoy I enjoyed the Venom movies. I think they were dumb fun, but but they're fun and they're funny and so many superhero movies nowadays are not funny. That's and, true. Uh, I love the fact that that it completely, the Venom movies, the fact that they lean into the absurdity of having, you know, a kind of dumb goofball guy, yeah, possessed by an evil, evil bloodthirsty alien, and they're kind of coexisting like in a, like in an odd couple relationship. I find it really funny, and I think they play it really well. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I'm happy to see more of that, you know. Where do they take
0: the MCU Spider-Man from here? I don't know. Um, but I'm looking yeah, forward cause he, to it because
1: he's been stripped back to basics. He's been stripped back to the uh, you know the the you know the the poor guy yeah. who has to scrape by, and nobody likes him. Does he leave uh, behind? Now no, nobody know, even knows who he is. Right. Yeah. D- does he
0: leave behind Ned Leeds and, and MJ? I don't know. I mean, because I think those two characters are essential to the character's growth and who he is as a person. Yeah. he has an opportunity to tell them the truth at the end of this movie and chooses not to because he kind of fixed their problem they're going to MIT this this was their dream they're going to go there and now if he do, if he tells them he puts
1: that in jeopardy uh, and also as well you know the he's he's just had this huge loss where he recognizes that him being spider-man and associated with spider-man is what led to may's death so he's he's also got those feelings of You know, just the same as the original Spider-Man, the Tobey Maguire one, where he basically says, you know, the the people close to me are at risk because of who I am. Let's move on. Um, We're three episodes
0: in now, and again, spoilers, um, into Star Trek Picard's second season. And I loved the first season of Picard. I thought it was brilliantly done from the acting to the sets to the story. It gets a little bit drawn out, kind of in the middle a little bit. Um, I, I, there's nothing I didn't like about it, though. I, I enjoyed the yeah. entire series. Season two pretty much picks up maybe a year after that, ish. I'm not sure because the one kid's already gone through the academy and he's mm-hmm. getting assigned to Starship now, which seems yeah. kind of quick. But whatever. Um, I am so far very much enjoying Star Trek: Picard. I did like how they brought the Borg in, or at least the Borg Queen. Yeah. Um I I did a little bit of an eye roll of oh great, they're going back in time and it's the modern time and okay. I've seen this before in too many shows. Um yeah. you know, Star Trek Voyage Home probably did it the best. Yep. Um and and we've seen these characters or characters like them in similar situations. Oh look how primitive yeah. the twenty twenties yeah. are, you know. Yeah. So it's like okay, we're going to go on that trope, and they are, and they are, and they are, but it's so well written, so well acted. Um, I'm enjoying Again, the hell yeah. out of it. I, I am. Discuss so. for Again, a second. I got to step away. The cat. Yeah, sure. I'll be right
1: back. So just just like we were talking about with with No Way Home, here you have a group of actors who clearly are really enjoying being involved with this project, um, and that is is sometimes quite refreshing in modern times particularly with streaming stuff because you do get people who turn up for the payday you do get people who turn up saying oh well this is a streaming show um or this is a uh this is a limited run series um and i'm not going to deliver my best performance and yet here we've got an ensemble group a very strong ensemble group of different characters who are all delivering really great performances and it just makes you believe the whole thing a lot more um, and I find that really good and I was really impressed because the first series of Picard was very much a um, a complete enclosed story and they could have left it there and it would have been perfect as it was so I did worry about where they were going to take this second season um, and it hits the ground running uh, and immediately kind of moves things on very quickly but in a way that works with the character and works with the situations and it doesn't feel as contrived as it might be that they've brought everyone together into the same situation and they're all working together again. Um, I think they are, you know, how many times they'll be able to pull that off. I don't know. Um, And I always worry with, um, with uh, Patrick Stewart that, you know, I mean, you can see in these, in both, in both series, you know, they're playing it as, as he is, which is an old man. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I do worry with this series that at some point he's going to say, you know what, I'm too tired for this. But at the moment, he's clearly loving it and everyone in it. it That's not my fear. My
0: fear is he passes away.
1: Well, that's the other. How old, is, the Pat, other how, how old is he?
0: Uh, he's got to be in his 70s. Oh, he's more than that. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to do a quick move. How old is Patrick? Not Mahomes, Stewart. <laughs> uh, He's eighty-one years old, 81, man. Yeah. I mean, is there a Picard season three or four? You oh. can't recast. You can't recast him in no. at, at this age. No. So if they're going to do Picard
1: five years from now, they have to recast as a younger Picard. No, you can't. You can't recast. The whole point, the, 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 the essence of this series, I agree. Is Patrick Stewart, as. John Picard you can't recast it so it will go on as long as he wants to keep making it and is keep is able to make it for whatever it, reason it is
0: so you know? far the best of all of the new Star Trek stuff
1: oh absolutely I mean you can't you can't don't get me wrong I love Discovery see I I'm, don't I'm so well. bored I don't care about any of these
0: characters at all I know I've said this before yeah I'm halfway through maybe episode two or three of the new series and I just stopped I just stopped because I don't care. Michael is the most boring character I've ever seen. She's just boring. She screws things up all the time. She's always fucking crying about something. She's just boring. Um, The doctor is the most interesting character, in my opinion. Mm. But even he is now like, okay, I get it. You're whatever. The one girl, she's got a lot of inadequacies and all of a sudden she's somebody at starfleet academy they they want her to do that why what has she done that shows that she has any leadership every single time she's in a leadership position she screws it up she's yeah. she's an awful character there's nobody on discovery i i remotely care about
1: well i'm not quite there with that i i, I enjoy the characters i enjoy the ensemble work um, I like the um, the situation they're in. I must admit, I'm getting a bit tired of every season being this huge galaxy ending that's, bad.
0: That's the other part about it. This is <laughs> it's boring. I,
1: uh, you know, I, this it's one of off, reasons I'm, it,
0: the first episode, the first two episodes are usually okay, and the last episode's okay, and the rest is yeah. just filler to get them there.
1: Uh, I, I, I'm much more looking forward to the Christopher Pike show, which would, which hopefully is going to be more of a you know, a Batty monster, of the week, monster of the week, yeah type thing because you know what that's the original series star trek and it was good and he was he
0: was the probably the best thing about season two
1: he's yeah to be honest with you i think um every time i've seen him doing every anything i think he's a fantastic actor yeah i even i even thought in the eternal show that he did um not the internals the um what's the other one the inhumans i thought he was the king of the inhumans yeah and 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 he didn't speak he didn't speak, but he was still great in that. Yep. Yeah, you know he's a great actor, and uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to to Brave New Worlds and I'm hoping it does break away. But the thing is, even that good as good as I hope it will be, I'm sure he's not going to be as good as Picard because Picard is just next level.
0: No, it really it's is. so it's so good. I mean, it, is it Patrick Stewart though? I think it is. I think I we think are. We think we love this. Well, it's Patrick Stewart because he's bringing everybody's a game up. When these people are on set and Patrick Stewart is there, you better bring your damn A-game because you're going to look stupid next to this guy if you don't. But I think we love Picard's character so much because let's be honest, we were in our 20s when that show was on, you know, and it was – it was finally mainstream science fiction done really well, for the most yeah. part. There was some stinky stuff in there, but... Well, the first season know,
1: was very, very rough. Yeah. If you go back and watch it Once now... Once you hit just, the
0: Borg, though, I mean, good God, it was yeah. so good.
1: But not only that, I mean, let's not let's not understate one of the great characters of Star Trek that was right there in the first episode of The Next Generation and is here again, which is cute. You know, I met him it, in the, person. Have you? Yeah. Did, yeah. He, did he snap his fingers and disappear in the flash of light? He did. Um,
0: I, was, I was at Macworld Expo. This yeah. was pre-podcasting. Right. And Sean King, uh, he used to do uh, an internet radio Mac show. Yeah. And I were in the backstage area of the main stage. Mm-hmm. And John DeLance was there, too. And they are both very tall. John DeLance is even yeah. taller than Sean King. Mm-hmm. And so I was the short guy. And we, we probably stood there for about 20 minutes talking. Yeah. and we never talked anything about star trek i knew who the guy was obviously yeah. i'm like holy shit this is cute right here um couldn't have been a nicer guy and they yeah. both commented that i was I, i'm not a short guy i'm six foot tall yeah. they both commented that i seem like a kid standing next to him and they both <laughs> thought that was very but we were talking about max and some programs yeah. and stuff because yeah. john delance is a, a, at least back then and i'm sure he probably still is big mac user yeah so i've met that guy and to see mm-hmm. him And I love how he comes in as the young Q and immediately, oh, looks like you got ahead of me. He snaps his fingers. Now he's his actual age, so they don't have to de-age. Such a brilliant uh, three-second line that completely makes it so they don't have to friggin' de-age him like they did William Dafoe or Mark Hamill. It's so good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's a great, great show. And, uh, yeah, if you... If you like... Now, interestingly enough for me, see, Alexander is watching it with me and he's not seen much of The Next Generation. In fact, he went back and started watching it from the beginning after we watched the first episode of the second season of Picard. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think, I think you know, I, I did warn him. I said, look, there are, there are parts... Past that first season, I said, the original creator of Star Trek was involved and he still had some 60s sensibilities. Yep. I said, there are parts of that first season that aren't great. Uh, I said, but you know, once you get into season two beyond, it starts to hit its stride. Yep. He's he's really enjoying it. It, I think uh, that's
0: one of the rare, I can't think of too many TV series that got better as time went on. Yeah. Boston Legal, maybe? Um, What
1: what was interesting as well, Alexander said that he thought, having watched the first episode, that the special effects still hold up, even though they are, you know, 40 years old now. Mm -hmm. Um, Are they 40 years old? Is that how old? 87, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, thirty-five years old. Um, Listen, Kat,
0: he, knock it off. Yeah. She's enjoying the last week of um, heat because oh, right. they're getting yeah. fixed.
1: She's a uh, she's a big Q fan as well, obviously.
0: Yes, she wanted to put her uh, opinions in here. Um, <laughs>
1: so yeah, it, it, it's a
0: great season so far. I'm glad that he's going back and watching the next generation because there's some really probably one of my favorite television episodes. It's got to rank within the top 20, is when Picard lives an entire life. Yeah. With the whole flute thing, and yeah, Oh, that's it's right, such yeah. a good episode, it's, it's,
1: yeah, it's pretty good. Um, and also, I mean, just bringing it back, you we started with music uh, and evoking the music, they've completely changed the Picard theme this year. I noticed to reflect the fact that it's a different story, mm-hmm. and it, the, the theme now fits with the kind of story that we're dealing with. I know that kind you of know?
0: surprised me because I was like, wait a minute, this is different, isn't it? And I went back and watched a, a, a season one, and I was like, they completely changed the theme, but yet it it's, still sounds like It's the same like theme,
1: it. but it's been remixed in a completely right, exactly. different way to make it more, you know, military Borg-like, which right. of course is the themes of this season. So um, yeah, I, I thought that was really cool as well. And again, I think it shows how brave they are with this show. Um, that they they, one of the things I heard was that. Um, Patrick Stewart really resisted coming back to Star Trek over yes. many, many years because he'd said, I just don't want to cameo in and, and all of that. You know, I want to be, you know, I want it to develop and grow. And And you, if you look at how Picard changed during the movies, um, some of which were better than others, but the thing is, is he he did continue to move forward as a character. He did. Um, and, and apparently it was only when they pitched this concept to him that he was willing to come back to it. Yeah, he said it was story. Yeah. And he's involved, he's involved in the production as well. He's not just the actor here. So he's, right. he's got a lot of creative input here as well. But I, I think I, you know, I think that's what's great about this is that this is allowing them to take risks that most TV shows don't take, where they completely, you know, reframe the character, get him to address things in a, in a way that um, doesn't just reset back at the beginning. You know, it doesn't, um, it gives him, and and gives him real growth, because substantial things change. Uh, And also as well, him looking back, and even though he's very well respected in the universe... He's, you know, he's saying he, he's still got that thing of, I'm not sure I made the right decisions here. And, yep. uh, you know, could I have done things differently? And how would things turn out if I'd done things differently? And he's still wrestling with that. Yep. Uh, and particularly this season where he's, 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 you know, there's a whole part of his character that's being delved into that he's never, even he's never really thought about before. Uh, and I kind of like that, you know.
0: Yeah, it shows that you could take a character that, man, people know from 25 years of, of film and television history and still do something unique and well done. Yeah. And, you know, the, let's be honest, though, they couldn't have done this with Kirk and Chatner. You know, he just didn't he's, have
1: he's, the range. He's, not, he's just not, yeah, he's just not as good an actor. No. Um, you know, Uh. and I, I think I. one of the things I like about it, and I, I know you'll appreciate this, is that if you look at how Avery Brooks took Cisco through the seven seasons of Deep Space Nine, yep. because there was a character who did the same thing. Yeah, there was Who really massive did the growth. growth and change and all of that. And it, it was a great performance. Um, you know, I've watched a couple of episodes of Deep Space Nine, really, and it's really a shame because there are other parts of that show that don't hold up as well, particularly in the early seasons. Yes. Um, but, you know, they, they, they've... They've done that before, but but it's not very modern to do that nowadays. No, uh, and um, you know the the kind of the development and growth, particularly getting these in these TV serials, you know these these uh, cable shows and everything, and the streaming shows, is often very limited and very one dimensional. And this is not there. I mean, this has got nuance all over it, and and it's really enjoyable for that.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing where they go with this season. I hope they just don't reset everything. Um, yeah. And I I have a feeling that's a, I think the Vulcan kids are going to come back because they're going to reset the timeline. I'd prefer they did not I think it means more if he doesn't come back. And the characters have to deal with that.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, got to be honest. When you're dealing with these, uh, I mean, here's an, here's a good example. We we're just talking about Spider-Man. That um, that was a multiverse thing. They could have done some resetting there. They didn't. They chose not to. Uh, and this and this is this should really be the same. You sh- you want to see the consequences rather than just have the magic character at the end said it back to the whales before. Yep. So I'm
0: enjoying it. David's enjoying it. We hope you guys are enjoying it as well. And last but not least. Finally, they come out with a teaser trailer for the new Obi Wan Kenobi series, and it looks really good. Of course, we said the same thing about the mandel or uh, Boba Fett, and it had its good moments, but for the most part, it was this kind of goofy and stupid. Yeah. Um, and that was a series that they just reset everything, which kind of pisses us both off. Yeah. Um, but here's Obi Wan. It takes place 10 years after Return of the Jedi. We get a brief glimpse of Luke playing with his uh, aunt and uncle, who, by the way, are being played by the same characters from yeah. Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about that. We know that Hayden Christensen is in it as Darth Vader. Yeah. We know there's Inquisitors. Um, the, the visuals looked amazing. I liked how they used uh, the music from uh, the very first Star Wars movie. Well... Right. In, in chronological order, anyways. Yeah, yeah. yeah the uh, was it? duel of, of the fates. The,
1: duel of the fates. Yeah. Yep.
0: It, and we know that, and this kind of gives me a, a little happiness. And I can't imagine he's going to go much beyond this. Is John Williams is scoring the whole series? Yeah. Um. So I, if you're giving me orchestra from Jordan, from uh, from him, in this show, I'm in. Right there yeah. I, alone, I'm in. Um. It looks promising. Let's hope they don't go the Boba Fett route. This is the one yeah. that I have got the most excitement for, to be honest.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, look, this is a classic character done by people who, you know, I love even no, McGregor. He's a great him. actor. Yeah, he is, and um, and he's a real you know, guy. He, yeah, and he's he's looking good in this as well. I mean, yes. you know, he's uh, he's obviously shaped up for it, and. Um, you know, you immediately, as soon as you see him, you think, oh, yeah, that's Obi-Wan. That's how you'd expect Obi-Wan to look at this stage. Yep. Um, you know, um, it, it should be pretty good. The... the I don't know. The, the, the difficulty is... it's all. I think it's always difficult to do something self-contained between two other stories where you know where it's going, right? So um, we know that um, Obi-Wan stays on Tatooine <laughs> until until a new hope so he's he's but obviously going to he doesn't have, this off- have to stay on there the entire no. time no but he's, he's obviously he's gonna going to have this off planet adventure so yep. um it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of work that i must admit i saw the scenes where he's kind of spying on luke and i thought to myself you know do you wonder if every year um luke gets an anonymous christmas present that, that that Owen and Baru won't let him open and they throw it out and then he gets stolen away again and then the next year... And then <laughs> a Obi... bunch of
0: owls bring him.
1: Yeah. Kenobi <laughs> tries to give him the lightsaber again and every year they're going, God damn it. Um, that crazy
0: old wizard. I, I already kind of know how some of it because you know Owen isn't going to want Obi-Wan anywhere near Luke. We know that.
1: Yeah, we you know. know that. And we the know why home. he's yeah.
0: scared of what Luke could become. He wants yeah. to protect him from the rest of the galaxy because of who his father is. Um, yeah. So we know these things. And I think we're going to see some of that played out. We know that Aunt Bruce yeah. is probably going to be the one that wants Luke to become Luke. Yeah. She's going to be the one that stands between Luke and Owen. Um, yeah. I-, I look forward to it. You know, I if love. if done well, it could really be great. I think there's.
1: I think there's one big Star Wars mystery that this show must explain to us, which is: what does the animal look like where you get the blue milk from? Well, <laughs> yeah. Everyone remembers the blue milk. Even Alexander, when we saw the trailer for everyone, said, said something about the blue milk. Yeah, they always had the blue milk.
0: <laughs> so we're looking forward to that. I think that comes out this summer. Yep. Um, you know, I. I'm, I'm hoping for – I like the defeatist feel that Obi-Wan is projecting in this movie. You know, with the voiceover of him from – I think they redid some of the audio, but, um, yeah. you know, talking about they lost. We lost, and, yeah. Yeah. And, and he looks like a defeated person. That's the right tactic to take in this. But at the end of the day, he's still Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's yeah. still the guy that went through the Clone Wars, you know that lost his apprentice and it's I, i'm just so looking forward to this is the emperor going to be in it i, I kind of imagine that he almost has to be doesn't he i know ian mcdermott or no that's not his name is that his name i can't McDermott, remember yeah yeah. Ian McDermott, yeah he he loves playing the emperor he'll jump at the chance it's not like he's got a whole lot of other things on his <laughs> I was plate say, it's, um, it's, it's,
1: it's like i get to overact and i get yeah, paid
0: yeah and now i'm <laughs> the actual age of my character <laughs> um, you know so I, he's probably going to be in it even if cameos that's fine but you've never seen Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, played by you know Ian or uh, Ewan Ewan with Stormtroopers you've never seen that
1: no
0: hey, it was always clones
1: no no he did he did no. do the, uh, the oh no no in A New Hope when he did no the, I'm talking uh, he's with not this the choice you're
0: looking for no with this actor
1: oh with this actor right? yeah yeah Okay. So
0: that's coming soon. Yeah. It okay. is uh, given given
1: uh, the stormtroopers aiming villain see right. I don't think that uh, no. that Ewan's going to be bothered by them.
0: I, I am uh, I'm I'm so happy to be into the geek culture, and we grew up as geeks, um, yeah. you know, loving this stuff. And it's like our childhood is just exploded all <laughs> over mainstream.
1: If you'd have told twelve year old me. That you know, well, yeah. By the time by the time you've got kids of your own, there's going to be so much cool geek stuff on TV, video, oh, on games that look completely realistic and everything that you won't have time to watch it all. It's I, just like I would have gone, nah. I
0: had a, I had a kid ask me at work; he works there because uh, he knows I do the show, and he says, "What's the best geekiest moment ever?" And I said, "The first Avengers movie." Yeah. He goes, "Really?" And I was like, "You have no idea what that was like for me." When I grew up reading comic books and watching Star Wars and to, to see an actual Avengers movie with Thor and the Hulk and Captain America and Iron Man, it, you have no – and it's so good. It's such a great movie that every character has a part to play. And the bad guy is a great bad guy and he doesn't die at the end. It's yeah. so well done and it's not yeah. ham-fisted at all. It's just, it's brilliant. That, the first Avengers movie led us to where we are right now. If that movie would have flopped, I think geek culture would have suffered massively. Yeah. But it didn't. Mm -hmm. And
1: it was so good. And And I think we all recognize that the only thing we're missing now is the musical version. That's right. Yep. (laughs) Rogers. I could do this all day.
0: So we'll be back next week with Tech Fan, where we're going to be talking about the Mac Studio and a few other things. Um, we hope you join us on that show as well. It's techfanpodcast.com. In the meantime, we'd love to get feedback from you guys or you gals or whatever. Uh, it's the show at geekspubpodcast.com. You could always go to geekspubpodcast or mymac.com and leave a message. We are only on Twitter and Facebook under TechFan still because why not? I see. Might as well. <laughs> Easy. Uh, so you can reach out there. David, I will see you in a week. See you then.